What's up? What's up? What's up, everybody? This is your girl, Coach Nisi, the CEO of Uncovering the New You and the founder of Save Your Summer Body Bootcamp. And happy new year. Welcome back to another episode of New Mind, New Body, New You, a fitness transformation podcast where we talk about the topics that are not highly discussed, but they are thought about. Here, we don't sugarcoat anything. We're going to have that conversation. And today's topic, we are going to talk about Mama, I'm not hungry. Mama, I'm not hungry. I know you're like, Lord, coach, what are you talking about? It's 2022. What kind of stuff are you on today? You know, I grew up with a mother and grandmother who said, you have to eat everything on your plate before you get up from the table. How about you? Was that you? Have you been privy to that type of life where your parents made sure you ate everything that was on your plate before you were dismissed from the dinner table, lunch table or breakfast table? Didn't matter whether or not you liked it. I grew up that way. You know, my mother, it didn't matter what it was. My mother made sure that our plates were clean. It wasn't about dessert. It was just making sure we were fed. And as I grew up, you know, I used to think about where did this come from? Why is my mother making me eat when I'm not hungry or I I say that I'm full? When I got older to understand economics, understand what food stamps were, eating disorders, obesity, I started looking around and realizing that some of my classmates that I went to school with, sometimes going to school was the only meal they had. Or there were families who couldn't provide meals every single day. So they could have to, they may or may not have to stuff their kids' bellies the night before just to sustain for a couple of days until they were able to generate enough money, you know, to get food for the next couple of days. I didn't understand that growing up. And as I got older, um, I was like, wow, I, I wasn't privy to that. I had two working parents who made sure we had food on the table. Now, I'm not going to say necessarily steak and potatoes every night either, but we had decent food and we didn't have to worry about a meal, whether it's breakfast, lunch or dinner. And, uh, you know, as I and as a trainer and as a nutritionist, one of the biggest things I try to figure out when it's when we are starting to look at the relationship that we have with food is where did this habit of feeling like enough wasn't enough or where did we understand where do we feel like it's emotional that we have to eat that you know that food is going to subside our problems you know in the new year everyone says that I'm going to break up with the old me and generate a new me meaning that we're going to go after new things. We're going to do new things. And one of the key things that people have to understand is their relationship with food. In a previous episode, I talked about our relationship with food and how we use it as a coping mechanism. Being able to soothe feelings that are not so happy all the time. 
or making us feel like that's comfortable or that we can't get enough because it's so good. When we start to think about what are the true understandings of, of, of food, like what is it? Why do we have such a desire? We've got to understand where do our triggers come from? A lot of these times, you know, it, it was because we were forced to, and now it has become a habit. We know that a habit is simply a bad behavior, an unwanted behavior. And it's like, we have to have it. If we don't have it, then it, it's like something is being taken away from us, if, we, if you know what I mean. And as it relates to food, that is how we feel. If we don't get enough or we don't, we're not full like we used to be at the tables of our parents, then that wasn't enough that we needed a little more. And as our bodies start to expand, we're not satisfied. So we continue. We continue, we continue, and we continue. I want you to think about your relationship with your food and where did those habits come from? You know, I, I, I know that my, my grandmother was a single mother growing up and she had no choice but to work a few jobs here and there. Mention I didn't say one or two. Right. I, I didn't say one or two. I said multiple. And I understood that. You know, my grandmother realized that there was food scarcity and that she wanted to ensure that her children survived, you know, the right way. And these practices over time just evolved, you know, to now just now making it comfort food for my family. You know, we celebrate, we eat, you know. And again, you know, let me ask this question with everything that you do, right? We celebrate with food, a birthday, we celebrate with Christmas, we celebrate with a holiday, we celebrate, you know, somebody, you know, is getting married, we celebrate with food. Um, you know, somebody passes away, we, we celebrate with food. And this is also just coming down to our parental influence on how our generations of eating start when we are young. And if we don't tackle the importance of what's on our table, we will never be able to break the habits that we accumulated when we were younger. You know, I, I, I am a firm believer that there's no such thing as a generational disease like this disease was generational. It's the diets and the lifestyles that are truly generational. If your parents are used to piling up food on the table over and over and over again, because that was their way of celebratory or their way of survival, their way of pre-positioning you to ensure you understood of getting full versus getting satisfied, then I, you know, we have to break those habits. If your habit was eating out all the time, if you're a military kid, you understand exactly what I'm getting ready to say. If your habit is eating out, you know, you go out every Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, and then after a while, it becomes convenient because mom or dad gets off late. Mom or dad is stuck in traffic, and now it's ordering out, ordering out. Understand that these particular habits are generational. The habits are generational. The lifestyles are generational. 
And in order for us to break these generational habits, we have to understand where they come from and the connections we have to them. You know, I understand in third world countries that some of these children would love to have, you know, the parents we have that made sure we had every bit of food on our plates. But when we look at it, we make so much food in our kitchen, just again, the abundance that we, you know, the habits that we developed, we throw so much of it away too, to be honest. We eat everything, one or two big plates, and then we're done. And next thing you know, it goes in the trash. It becomes wasteful. But we were born, you know, naturally into a wide variety of cultures and cuisines that accept foods as that part of our life. We've devoted our life to procurement, you know, consuming and the preparation of foods. That's what we do. Now, how do we break this relationship in the new year? How do we decide when enough is enough? You know, for me as a mom now, I don't make my son eat everything that's on his plate because I only fix what he wants. Now, it's not a task. I, I get it. Yeah, make it, you know, it may be a little choosy, but I don't have a lot of money either. I grew up as a single, I mean, he grew up as a single child. I was a single mom for majority of his life. I was the one who had to provide those food, that food on the table. And I realized that when I didn't have enough on how I did have to make it stretch. And making it stretch forced me to sometimes make smaller portions. Which trained him to eat smaller portions. He didn't start. Oh, absolutely not. He went from a five pound, seven ounce baby to now being a six one and close to 140, 50 pounds. <laughs> you know, and so I realized as I grew up that that much food was not needed because there was no food scarcity. Yes, I was limited on money. But I could go home or I could call a friend. I wasn't scarce of food, but I utilized what I had versus trying to consume more than what I needed. Does that make sense? Oh, and it did develop. And I and I listen, I, I don't like, you know, having to struggle. Don't get me wrong. I don't, I definitely don't agree. <clears throat> Excuse me. I don't agree with any mom or father having to. <clears throat> Excuse me, I got choked up for a second. That's a little emotional, you know, a little emotional for me. But I don't agree with a mom or a father having to struggle to feed their child because I was once there. But doing what I had gave him a, a better lesson than what many of us grew up with. <clears throat> Man. You get a little emotional sometimes when you know you talk about your past and how it hurts. But um, but <clears throat> food, you know, I, I don't agree with that. You know what I mean? But I'm but stretching my food forced me to understand the value of what I shouldn't throw away. 
and making sure that I was buying enough using what I had. And it established a solid understanding that you don't have to pile food on your plate in order to be satisfied or to be gratified. You know, and, and, you know, the complex that some kids have, you know, growing up a little heavier than the rest of their friends, they don't have to battle with that because that becomes a, you stem from that. You know, a, a child stems from those parental developments of not feeling comfortable in their own skin or battling health issues at a younger age. Now, it seems like I'm all over the place, but I'm only gearing back down to what's on your table and what habits are we, de- are we teaching the future generations? You know, understand that I don't, I didn't think I would get choked up on a topic like this, but you know what? It it is one of those. I am, I don't blame your parents or your parents' parents who had this idea to do whatever they can to make sure your belly was full. I don't blame them. You know, I don't blame them for telling you to eat everything on your plate because they wanted to ensure survival. And that that depends on what level, where you, what age you're coming from. You know, because again, and in, in, you know, my mother was born in the 50s, 60s. Those were hard times. Even in the early 90s, there were some parents who were still struggling. If you're a single mom, you might have that or a single father, you might have that. And so ultimately, you know, the lessons that we learned, I don't blame my mother for telling me to eat everything on my plate. I don't. I'm not mad with her. I love the fact that she wanted to ensure what I was doing, what I needed. And also, too, my mother didn't let us get to the point where food became a crutch for us. That's where we have to open our eyes when the plates that on our our table for our families become crutches, become anchors. That's so much food now when we have obese children or children who are bulimic or anorexic or our babies, you know, 10 and 11 years old already have high blood pressure and and no one in our family has it. Or when our children are being bullied. We've got to look at the generational plates that we continuously put on the table for our families. Don't get me wrong. You know, Thanksgiving comes around, you got to enjoy yourself. But what does moderation look like? Not overeating just simply because you get it one time a year. What does that look like for you? What does it look like, you know, when you finally get a dessert eating one or two pieces versus all of it? Being able to not use it as as a coping mechanism and not as a strategy to try and wash everything away. 
Why can't it be simply be a dessert that we eat a piece of and we enjoy it and we move on? The parental habits that we developed, <clears throat> meaning our parents, our parents' parents, those habits that we picked up, we don't have the same sacrifices. Well, some, I'm not going to say we don't, but they're not as scarce. Because back then, food stamps existed, but the cost of food wasn't that high. Some people, most people qualified for some type of assistance, depending on the generation. And even now, it gets a little harder to get a little assistance every now and then. I think so. And it may even be easier. I don't know. But what I'm saying is that when we began to try and venture out to solve the problems in our families and we start looking at, you know, why, why are my children unhealthy or where did they develop these habits from? Why can't I get my child to, <clears throat> to um, eat enough food? If your child is suffering with some type of eating disorder, you know, whether it's obesity, whether it's, uh, whether, you know, because it, if you overeating, that is a considered a disorder. You're overeating, right? You're, and there needs to be an issue there. You might want to get some help for that. The same thing with bulimia um, and, and anorexia, you know, binging and purging, starving yourself, thinking that these are normal patterns. No, they were developed somewhere. I constantly look at six, my 600 pound life and a lot of them were due to the traumas that we dealt with when we were younger. My mom said, eat everything on my plate. And my mother would put food and food and food and food in, and because my mother was dealing with the same issues. And so my mother put her issues on me. I was abused. I was this, I was that, you know, my parents were not there. So I starved. And so once I did get food, I ate all that I could because I never knew what my next meal was going to come from. You know, there are some people who do, who, who have choices and some of us who do not. And I understand that. Now I can't, I can't speak from someone who's never had choices because I've always had a choice. Besides, besides not eating my food, I always had to eat that. But I had a decision to eat. I had the snacks. I had all the other things that I needed. But my mother ensured that it did not become a crutch for us as we move forward. Breaking up with the old you requires you to break bad habits. And one of the biggest habits we have that we develop again from our generation, from, you know, from <clears throat> generation, 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 is our relationship with food. Not realizing that from deep down, our mothers and our fathers just simply wanted us to survive. And I get it. Survival is important. It is very important. However, we've got to ensure that survival isn't eating 
everything we see and everything we come by. It's interesting enough that this was the topic for me today because I, you know, I, I, I know many that deal with food addiction and it's mainly because it feels good. It's comforting when they're full and it's satisfying. Like they can't seem to get enough. However, It's dealing with the problem, dealing with the struggle and figuring out the root of it in order to solve the problem. Getting help for the traumas, getting help for the habits, changing the habits one step at a time. Interesting enough, it can be done. It can be done. There's no such thing as generational diseases, but there is a such thing as generational plates. If we change what's on our plates, then we can change the longevity of our generation. Happy New Year, everybody. Happy New Year. And as you start your year, Let's change the way we feed our families in moderation, in balance, creating a healthier lifestyle. It's more important now than ever. If you know, like I know, our health is the one thing that we must try and hold on to the best way we can. I hope you all have a great day. Thank you for tuning in. And until next time, this is your girl, Coach Nisi, signing out. Have a good day.